perspectives on life and, and, and new experiences. But the scene, yeah, Dallas has, definitely has a scene. In my humble opinion, I think that there are two scenes in this in this country, honestly. Two premier or still strong music scenes. Dallas, Philly. And I say that because of this. You go to L.A., all the cats that's banging, everybody's implants. They weren't, they, not many were really born in L.A. New York is the same thing. They're implants. They come from another place, and then they move to New York. Snarky Puppy is now based in New York, and you'll see it, Brooklyn's own Snarky Puppy. No, honey child boo-boo, no. Snarky Puppy was born right here. <laughs> this is where they were. You know what I'm saying? I had a chance to tour with the band. Like, this is, this is home. It's an implant situation. Dallas, though, man, go back as far as, I mean, freaking Ray Charles. You know what I'm saying? Usher was born in Dallas. <laughs> the Green Parrot, the Black Forest Theater, Nora Jones, uh, Edie Brickell. I mean, the list goes on and on. Roy Hargrove, of course, Badu, Kirk Franklin. I mean, he's the biggest selling gospel artist of all time. So the scene is definitely here. The DOC, you know, we love NWA. The DOC is from Dallas. He was writing the rhymes. Anyone that saw that watched the Defiant ones can confirm. You know, it's just like it's a heavy music scene here. You, in Dallas, you can play any type of music seven days a week, like a different style, and never, ever play the same thing twice. Like if you just wanted to play and be a, a local musician, work in the music scene here in Dallas, you could do it here seven nights a week and have a good career just playing within the city. Philly is still a heavy scene because of – Everything that it was accomplished in the past uh, up until now, like still hella tour buses leave from Philly. You know, it's still a hub for some of the best soul music and R&B that's being produced. You want dope gospel? Go to Chicago and get your head blown off by how much musicianship is coming out of the gospel community that spans across, you know, all the musical spectrums. So Atlanta, do I see Atlanta? I think Atlanta still has a presence. It's not what it was during, you know, the real heavy bounce era and everybody was moving, trying to migrate to Atlanta because uh, they had a lot of labels that were positioned there as well. But they're, you know, they're, they don't have the prominence that they once were. So I definitely say that Dallas is a musical hub, like one of the biggest music scenes in the country, Dallas and Philadelphia. Those are, those are what I would say. But protecting your territory or being a champion and owning your territory, so to speak, cats, just keep your name clean, man. You know, mean what you say and say what you mean. Be on time. Be prepared. Be willing to compromise but not willing to sacrifice what you believe in to get the musical point across. Know when the expiration date is there within whatever situation you're in. That way you're not poisoning it, and you're not holding the gig hostage from someone that's going to come in and really you know, change the landscape of what you were once a part of. It's okay to move forward and move on from situations uh, so you can get to your next phase. Don't be afraid of the word no. Don't be afraid to hear it, and don't be afraid to say it. Every job is not for you, and every every job that is positioned or uh, proposed to you, you know, is not one that you should take. Know which ones are going to really help position you to the next plateau in your career, and, you know, you can do as you say, kind of own your city and own your, you know, your little piece of territory.
Gina Lockhart, everybody. I don't know why I haven't talked to you earlier, but uh, we probably could stay on the phone for another three hours because I just hope all musicians and singers at that are really listening. You could not have said it more plain and more simple than that. Okay. Well, we have like, I don't even know if it's six degrees of separation because, you know, your time with Prince was much more extensive than the time that I got to share with Prince, but we both have shared stage time and and studio time with one of the greatest of all times. Really? How so? All All right. Again, this is all attributed to my time with um, the great Erica Badu. And I say great because she is. She has officially reached May's status. Like if she never recorded any more music and only did things from her catalog that we know exists today, people would sell out each show because they love her that much. So shout out to Erica Badu and all of the lessons that I learned along the way and all of the experiences I got to share in, including being up close and personal with Prince on numerous occasions. Um, It was... I don't fan out for for anyone. You know, I'm good at keeping my composure, uh, but it's hard to do that when you, you know, when you are around Prince. And so um, Erica made me the the manager for this establishment she bought, the Black Forest Theater. And um, this is during the Rainbow Children tour. Now, I had, you know, we had, like, been around Prince before that, because he was such a, a Badu fan. And so um, when we were in Minneapolis, uh, at First Avenue, of course, you know, this is kind of around the time when he was doing the Batman soundtrack. So he had on, like, the whole, like, half-purple, half-ice skater uniform with the boots on in, the whole nine. And he had a – Prince had a thing about taking pictures of me. Ask me where these pictures are to this day, I would never be able to tell you. But every time I was around Prince, he took my freaking picture to the point to where it was a running joke on a couple of tours that I did because he would show up and literally, no exaggeration, we're at the Mohegan Sun backstage in Vegas, and this is when he had the spot in Vegas, right? What was it, 2101? Was that... Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the address. 3121. 30, 3121. There you go. So he's coming through backstage, and this was the Sugar Water Festival, right? So it was Jill, Queen Latifah, Floetry, and Badu. Boom. Everybody had their own band, and it was all the cats, all your favorite musicians. We're backstage, and Prince rolls through with a security guard on a golf cart. And we're standing in the hallway, and we jonesing on one another, you know, doing a musician hang thing, pre-show. He rolls through, and everyone kind of straightens up, like, yo, yo, Prince is coming to it, like, hey, chill out. You know, they cut the cussing down, you know, because nobody wants him to be offended. He rolls through and stops and backs up. All you hear is beep, 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 and he looks to the right. <laughs> I'm standing on the wall, and he just looks and says, Gino. And pulls off. And so so everyone is standing there, and I'm like, I don't know what to say, you know. So it's like awkwardly quiet, and everyone's looking at me like, yo, you got something you want to tell us? 
and I and I just kind of went back into whatever story I was telling at the moment. Like, yeah, man. So yeah, chick came down the hotel. It was it was just <laughs> something you could uh, never imagine that would happen to you in a million years. Um, but he would just, like I said, always just kind of pop out of areas and take a picture and then disappear into the darkness like a vampire. And we could never figure it out for all our lives. And so uh, one day I just asked my dude, I was like, hey, you know, I know, I like, you know, you you with Prince, like, kind of one-on-one, much closer than me. I was like, you, what's this with him and his photography? Yeah, he just likes taking pictures of certain people sometimes, and he chose you. Well, all right. Uh, thanks. <laughs> so, um, I never got a chance to ask him, unfortunately, but, you know, I got a chance to be in on some jam sessions um, that Badu facilitated and where Prince would just get up and, like, hop on the guitar, and you don't know he's playing until you hear the first note he strikes, and you look over to your left, and there's Prince standing next to you playing guitar. So, it was, you know, incredible experience, incredible cat. You know, um, I still say gone way too soon, but man, the experience that I did have, you know, with him was incredible. Wow, Gino, I'm trying not to. Wow, I know. I, I guess know. it's a, a wow because um, first of all, I didn't know it. Second of all, Arthur and I are always talking about the miracles of God, and I actually have something in my phone where I just keep tabs of. To some people that may not be miraculous, but to me they are, whether they're big, small, or whatever. And this story is just interesting because, you know, we still haven't met. I've heard all about you. Some of my musicians that I work with speak highly of you. And then to hear the story that you worked and you've had this interesting story with someone that I've closely worked with, and I knew it was a spiritual reason why we worked together more than anything. He was that kind of guy. Like when he saw something spiritual about someone else, he would do random things. And to anyone that didn't know him, it would be like weird. But when because I've gotten to work with him, he basically saw the light in you. So I guess it's a little emotional because I still haven't met you, and this story just touched me in a really interesting way. So I wow. so appreciate you sharing that story. And um, what do you have coming up next? Well, so I do have a band, you know, with me, what I'm working on is uh, making sure that the brand is very identifiable. So when you hear the name Gino Locke Johnson Iglehart and you hear the name Raphael and Ivory Jean, they are synonymous. They are one and the same. That is me. Gino Locke Johnson Iglehart is uh, my personal and business persona. Um, Locke Johnson is the musician. Um, he is the writer, he's the producer, the arranger, he's the musical director. Raphael and I, Regine, we're about a seven to ten person deep outfit, and our next single featuring Gino Young, the ghetto superstar himself. Uh, it's a tune called Miss So Fine, and um, it is the follow-up to our first single, You and Me, which I released last April 8th, uh, 2016, and um, we're about to, you know, finally put the record out. I'm honestly, and I, this is all transparency, I'm eight years deep into this record. I started writing when I was uh, with Badu, that's where I learned how to 
really formulate songs, you know, melodically. Um, Co-producing Times of Wasting was like one of the best experiences that I could have ever had because it positioned me for like Have Plenty with Guru and and uh, stuff with Chappelle. And so um, I started writing these songs and those that I didn't sell and those that people turned down, I was like, well, these are still good songs. What am I going to do with them? I said, I'm just going to start doing them myself. And, and uh, my band was kind of born and uh, very excited you know, if you haven't, everybody out there in listening land, if you have not grabbed your copy of You and Me, you can do so across any and all digital music outlets. Raphael and Ivory Jean, R-A-P-H-A-E-L and Ivory, I-V-O-R-Y-J-E-A-N, Ivory Jean. And uh, I definitely hope you enjoy. Please listen to it. Write a review of it online. That way we can continue to build a brand. Um Follow us on social media at Raphael and IJB. It's spelled the same way. Um, at Lock Johnson as well, and that's how you find us, of course, on you know the Facebook and Twitter. And um, I'm not doing a website right now because it's not cost efficient. All those other networks are free websites, so I'm going to use those free websites and allow people to go and get my music from these other from these other outlets, and then you know just kind of see y'all. See you on the road. We got some dates coming up. Um, me with some solo dates with other bands, and then with our, you know, respective band, Raphael and I, Regina, as well. Well, I can honestly say when I bought You and Me, I think whenever Arthur told me about it, I was playing it one day while on the road, and the iTunes was shuffling, and I was like, "What song is this?" I was just jamming. And I had to go and look and see the little red writing and the you plus me. And for sure, that's a great tune. I can honestly say that. I look forward to hearing more music from you. I look forward to working and performing with you. And I so appreciate you being on the show. This was really, really a, a great interview, and I really appreciate it. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity, Tamar. Uh, shout out to my cuzzo, Champ. You know what I'm talking about? Love you, cuz. You know, putting this together. You know, finally connecting the dots. Praying for your travel. Praying for your wisdom and your clarity. Praying for all the other young musicians that you touch. That they receive your gift and they receive your wisdom. Because what you said is is priceless. And they people can't pay for that. And I'm so honored to know that I am your cousin. <laughs> Yay. Family ties. It, it's been a pleasure as well. And uh, I mean, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm glad Cuzzo set this up again. Shout out to Champ, my ace. And uh, I'm really looking forward to us finally meeting as well, you know, working together, getting you down here to the Dallas way, me coming up to Houston. 